Welcome to WOWL Comic Chat. And so today with me, uh, we have Hot Guy. Hello, everybody. We also have Boomstam. Hello, comic friends. And Digidax. I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? It's always a great time. Anytime we can all uh, get together, I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of comics to cover. Um, it's been a few weeks since we were all able to get together, you know, fortunately, um, personal lives and work lives and all that stuff gets in the way of the important stuff like comics and, and all of us hanging out. Um, but, uh, I know we have a packed agenda. And so without further ado, I'm going to pass it over to a uh, hot guy to walk us through. All right. First things first, DC had a monster announcement this week. Um, I'm going to throw it over to DigiDevs to fill us in on what exactly that was. Um, DC Comics, you know, with the merger of Warner Brothers Discovery has re-upped uh, Jim Lee, you know, superstar artist. He's also the chief creative officer of uh, DC Comics right now, but he's been promoted to president of the brand. So, I mean, I think that's good news for everybody. I mean, I love Jim Lee. Oh, yeah, awesome. I hope uh, he still gets to draw some comic books, though, because I really like his artwork. And Jim, if, if you're listening today, um, just say congratulations, and uh, we look forward to all the badass stuff you're going to do. I appreciate the optimism burger, but there's no agent. <laughs> you never know. We're, we're going to go worldwide on this thing. <laughs> maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. We'll take over the world eventually, but we got to get there first. Um, all right, guys. we got a lot of comments to get through, so let's just start from the very beginning of our list here. Uh, we had probably one of the most fun comics we've had in quite some time this week. Um, actually, I don't know whether it was this week or not. Because um, we've got about three weeks worth of stuff we're going over today. Uh, but we're going to start off with that in 135. Uh, boom, Sam, why do you not kick us off with uh, what you loved about this, what made it great, and uh, tell Berger why he should read this because he does not read any Batman. It all started when uh, uh, Batman was fighting Failsafe, his own creation, a, a, a robot. And uh, uh, he lost, and he was uh, blasted by this uh, this android, this robot, and he was uh, uh, pushed to the uh, multiverse. He was uh, sent to an Earth where Bruce Wayne had died. There was no Batman. That uh, led to a world with uh, all kind of superpowered uh, 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 versions of his of his of his bad guy so we, we have a uh two-faced that's on venom and uh, a very different Catwoman and everything um and it all leads to a guy called uh the red mask uh, he is uh, operating from under arkham asylum and he is uh it's later revealed that he's basically a sane version of the joker who is trying to uh trying to become the joker he's trying to go insane and trying to uh, live up to his, uh, yeah, true potential, if you will. And as it turns out, he is uh, uh, actually responsible for creating Jokers throughout the multiverse. Uh, because in Batman 135, Batman takes a little tumble through the multiverse after uh, Red Mask, after the, the, the same version of the Joker. 
and he meets all kinds of uh, very cool versions of uh, of Batman, like uh, the Injustice version of the Bats, uh, uh, the, the the movie version of the ba- of Batman from the ni- from the nineteen seventies or eighties, I don't know. Uh, and he meets Adam West Batman in the comic books, so he meets all all kinds of uh, different versions of Batman and Joker. And he goes to worlds where the Joker has died, uh, either by the hands of, of Batman or somebody else. Uh, and he also goes to, to, to worlds where the Joker is still alive, but because of uh, the presence of uh, Red Mask, it makes everything worse, whether the Joker is, is around on that Earth or not. Probably the most compelling reason to, to read this comic book is uh, at the end, where uh, Batman is uh, facing... Uh, facing a giant uh, Joker shark, and he actually uses shark repellent to defeat the Joker shark. I mean, if that's not reason for you to read it, I don't know what is. Oh, yeah, that's the selling point right there. <laughs> we got to we gotta stop the episode right now so I can check it out. Vigi, <laughs> <laughs> what did you love about it? Oh, I, one of the things I loved is that he learns, you know, through all these Batmans, like Batman Beyond, um, the Dark Knight Returns Batman, Batman 89, Gotham by Gaslight, that in all these different worlds, he finally gets the answer. If he did kill the Joker, things would still be crazy. So him actually, you know, betraying his rule of not killing, it doesn't resolve anything to kill the Joker. And I think that is something that gives him a little peace inside, you know, knowing that he had, he's had all the opportunities to finish the Joker and it wouldn't have, it doesn't make any difference on the earth if he does or not. Uh, yeah, just to build on that, um, like I said, Adam West, Batman, uh, Dark Knight uh, Returns, Batman, Batman from Batman, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, Adam West, uh, Kingdom Come, the Arkham games, uh, Batman Beyond, everything. Like, I mean, it's every Batman everywhere all at once. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that uh, stuck out to me that he notices that uh, in the Batman Beyond universe that the Joker was Dick Grayson. He says he, he noticed that. Yeah, I, I believe that Bruce notices that. he He's like, and I believe uh, Dick Grayson's the Joker here, you know, as he's going through. And he's hopping some of these timelines. He gets uh, his hand back. Like, they make a Luke Skywalker-ish hand. The Dark Knight Returns Batman gives him his suit. Uh, Batman 1966, like they were saying, gives him his utility belt. You know, all the Batmans along the way are helping him uh, I guess they're like, hey, a Batman's not a Batman without his utility belt. Yes, that was a Adam West Batman, was it not? Yeah, yeah. it was. That's where he got the shark repellent. Um, That's where he got the shark repellent. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the very last page of this. Well, actually, I want to touch on the second to last page because uh, it reflects on one of my favorite uh, Batman, not Batman run, but Bat Family runs, uh, the Red Robin series, um, where Tim is searching for Bruce after the death of uh, Batman story arc, or the mm-hmm. death of Bruce Wayne, uh, where he's the only person that thinks that Bruce is alive. 
so this kind of touches on that where Tim finds him this time. Uh, so I really love that. And then the final page where it shows not only is there a Batman on all these areas, but there's a Batman of, I can't say it, uh, Zeradon yeah. uh, on all these areas. That was just a beautiful last page. I loved it. Um, Berger, I'm telling you, even if you haven't read the whole story, just reading this issue uh, by itself doesn't quite stand alone, but it has so much awesome stuff in it uh, that it that it's definitely worth reading. Um, also has great Alfred and Batman uh, stuff in it um, with this Alfred from this other just unbelievably good book. Um, really wasn't sold on Chip Zdarsky's run early on, but uh, he really pulled it together with this. Um, yeah, I agree. All right, guys, last chance. Any thoughts on Batman 135 that we didn't touch on? I think we... Uh, this, it, yeah, well, this is the first book where he actually headbutts somebody and pierces them, right? He hits Red uh -huh. Mask with his... That's the first time I've ever seen him do that. Yes, I was actually going to mention that. I forgot forgot about that. I, I absolutely loved him. Uh, just headbutting him with the uh, horns on his helmet. Um, was bad, the bad ears. something I've never seen before. All right, guys, now we're going to move on. Uh, Action Comics 1054. Um, I've I've been enjoying the the run that they've that they've been having with Action Comics. I'm trying to remember. I know we've I think a couple have come out that I read recently. It's the one where he fights uh, Metello and where he uh, oh, listens then, to the heartbeat of the of the kids yeah to uh find them and then they and then you kind of imply they're like teaming up at the end and it and it shows that you know metallo you know has been under the control right and so you know and you know he's metallo is all fighting you know to find his sister um and so you know i think that this you know is a yeah you know, it's kind of building up to where they have you know the the new baddies that they're kind of going after that are kind of manipulating things behind the scenes and making, you know, the enemies more powerful. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I enjoyed the book. I, I think, you know, it's heading in a pretty, you know, cool direction. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of this, you know, amped up and, you know, pissed off Metallo teaming up with uh, Superman to go out there and, and probably, you know, kind of make that first introduction with, uh, with the new bad guys. Yeah, so our, it shows Cyborg Superman, but I guess the feel is maybe that's not really Cyborg Superman. Oh, I, well, I, would, I thought it was Cyborg Superman. I thought so, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, my read was definitely Cyborg Superman just upgraded. Yeah. You yeah, know, if something more sinister was involved there, maybe I'm just reading into it. We'll see. Well, I think, like, a big part of this this run is all of these classic Superman villains coming back but all of them being just that slightly changed um, character. Just they've gotten all gotten some kind of buff to make them just just a slight bit more powerful, harder to deal with. Do we think but, that uh, he kidnapped Tracy to make her into like a cyborg Lois or a superwoman of some sort? I don't know. I think he just 
did it to have leverage over Metallo because you know even in jail he was you know he was uh, posing as uh, like a virtual Lex Luthor to 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 contact him you know so 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 it made it would it would be, be like a, a Luthor was uh, pulling his strings instead of uh, Cyborg Superman. Uh, so I really think it's just that she that he uses that he uses her as as leverage and not exactly as a like a cyborg Superman Lois. But that's just my take on it. Uh, what I did really like about this issue was uh, in the in the past, you know, when uh, superheroes would fight super villains, they would you know the uh, they would fight them, they would beat them, and they would put them into jail. Uh, but now. Uh, Superman actually tried to help Mattello. He tried to help uh, find his sister. Uh, you know, tried to uh, even put back uh, his arm. You know that that he uh, uh, cut off. Uh, even even try try tried to put that back on when uh, when when he defeated him. Uh, and I thought that was really you know really powerful scene where you know where you can see how Superman isn't just there to beat up the bad guys, but you know, he has real compassion, even for his enemies. And uh, it really, you know, goes to show for the character of Superman, if if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why he's the best, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I would say is that both of the writers on the Superman books right now uh, really understand Superman. Um, you know, a lot of times the reason people think that Superman's not a great character when they aren't a fan of Superman is because they only read Superman when there's bad writers who focus more on the powers than the being. Yeah, exactly. Also, what I thought was really cool was uh, because of his trip to Warworld and uh, uh, his, his contact with the uh, uh, Genesis uh, element uh, that, 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 that they had there, and it was part of uh, of the the heart of Metello, you know, there were there were trace amounts of, of uh, Genesis elements in his, in his kryptonite heart and that allowed superman to to tap into that and to to basically make himself uh invulnerable to to kryptonite uh you could say that make made him even more powerful but you know when he got that giant uh astro form of superman if you will which he used to grab metallo and and smash him to the ground i thought that was really awesome it was a really cool display of his, his new powers with this this element that he picked up from uh, from Warworld. I thought it was really cool. Yep. All we're waiting yeah. for next is the power where he shoots little mini Supermans out of his hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the pages that I really liked in this book was uh, after the uh, Super Twins were taken and they have the full page splash art of Superman listening for their heartbeats so he can find them. Just really enjoyed how they did the art on that page. Uh, just a, a really good visual representation of a power that's hard to show in a comic book. So thought that page I, was really awesome. I agree. Yeah. And uh, in it, you even had the Super Corp in the background. Um, and Boom already brought up the other page I was going to bring up. It's just that astral form of uh, Superman when he, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to call it Genesis Superman, I think is probably the best way to describe it. And then one other thing is like Cyborg Superman is looking really buff in that final page. He, he, he's got bigger uh, neck muscles than the rock. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely been uh, drinking he, protein shakes. All right. And yeah. then I did, did have a quick question for you guys. 
Does anybody know who the heck that is showing up at the end of the steel yeah, uh, so, mini story? So I was going to bring up both of those. I, I don't know who that is, um, but I do like both of these, both of like the mini series in the back of the action comics. Yeah. Um, you know, one kind of takes place before John Kent is trapped in ages, right? And but in between mm-hmm. the Doombreaker um yep. storyline where it kind of does like the 30th anniversary of Doom, uh Doomsday or Death of Superman, right? And so um so one one of the storylines is that, which you know I've 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 enjoyed as well. Um, and you know, it kind of shows you know, that, that John still kind of learning his powers, but, you know, wanting to do good uh, and just, you know, that, that same person that you read, even in his new comics where, you know, he's out there looking for the best in people, um, trying to help where he can and all that. And so I, I've, I've really enjoyed that book. Um, and then I, and then the steel one is more present time, you know, as they have steel works, you know, I'm kind not of sure I understand. the, uh, the sorry, my watch is listening to me. I guess. Um, hopefully, hopefully Apple likes it. Um, She's like, I don't understand. <laughs> sorry, Siri, you gotta, you just gotta read it for yourself. Um, and but I do like the skill. It's more pre. It's it's in the present. Um, but I like some of the aspects of it. You know where, um, you know he's kind of going back and forth with you know Nat a little bit. Um, and, you know, talking about, you know, how like her armor, you know, is more, you know, up to date, more high tech. Um, but then, yeah, at the end, you know, it kind of has the person kind of behind the scenes. It's kind of pulling the, pulling the strings, but I'm not sure who that is. I, I liked how, uh, in the first, in the, in the Doombreaker story, how John is, is, uh, obviously he's, he's a lot younger and a lot more inexperienced. Eh? Even his powers are, are fritzing out, uh, from time to time, he even gets hurt. Uh, but he's he's also kind of naive, you know. He he, he completely trusts this uh, this princess from another world, and he doesn't even question it. And uh, he immediately tries to help her, even though she uh, she's there to uh, kind of like uh, use him as bait to trap Superman to to, to help her. So I, I thought that was really a uh, funny way of of showing uh, John in the in in that comic book, and. Um, with the steel book, I thought that uh, I thought it was it was pretty cool, and I think that that it will tie into the the, the new steel work uh, uh, comic book that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a quick question: I think this is the first time Steel revealed his identity as a superhero. Am I right? To the public, I mean. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, I mean, isn't that Mister Terrific? I mean, it looks like him. Or maybe an evil version of him. I don't know. Yeah, maybe and that's what, that was my initial thought as well. But like at the same time, it's like it doesn't make any sense for uh, the characteristic characterization character rate. Gosh, I can't say characterization. No, I can't. Um, <laughs> that we've seen from Mister Terrific in, over in the Flash books. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be. They would just be competitors, uh, business wise, right? I mean, it doesn't mean doesn't really mean it's sinister as it looks right there. I mean, it felt pretty sinister to me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me um, too. You know, my thought process is, you know, could it be a alternate Earth, Mr. Terrific? Uh, the one thing I will say about the whole steel thing is it, it definitely felt hinges of Iron Man to, Iron Man to me. Um, with him showing up to the press conference and being like, yeah, I'm steel. Um, Who, who's that? Who's Iron Man? <laughs> 
Iron Man sucks. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I, I think we'll probably get, we're definitely going to get more on that in uh, the rest of this uh, backup and then also in Steel's book. Uh, definitely was a nice little kickoff for what they're going to try to deal, do with Steel this year. So um, pretty happy with that. Um, moving on, unless you guys have any last minute thoughts on Action Comics, uh, wanted to go ahead and touch on John Kent number three. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, are you guys excited for Injustice to be popping up in the main DC universe? Um, yeah, so... Why don't we go to... Go uh, ahead. Oh, yeah, so, uh, you know, so I love this, and I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but, um, well, Injustice, um, any listeners out there, if you guys have not read Injustice 1, there's a ton of books... Um, I've ne- personally, I've never played the game, but I absolutely love um, the this story, um, and you know, I I I lo- love everything about it. And but I don't know if you guys noticed that you know he, this John Kent entering this storyline way before Brainiac, way before a lot of these heroes started defecting to go over to uh, Batman's side. And so like this could really change that storyline up from what we read. Um, and, and so I don't know if you guys noticed this. So I think it's going to be really exciting to kind of see like, you know, again, kind of, you know, John, you know, who is that person that always wants to help, um, you know, oh, even though he's gone through some really, really rough times, like he continues to say, you know, how am I going to go out there and make a difference here? Uh, and you see that, you know, starting to be in this book. But I think it's really cool that they plug this in, you know, like, well, I mean, I believe it's like Injustice 1 um, and, and plugging him in there. Because now, like, you know, if he can start to sway some of the heroes, um, possibly sway Superman, um, you know, I think it could take this story in a whole nother direction, but I, I absolutely love the crossover and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this. I also like the, the, the book itself. I just think that, I mean, yes, he's new to the, to that earth and to that, that universe, I suppose, but, um, he, he seems a little naive. You would, uh, at the end, he, he does notice, uh, that it's all quiet and that people are afraid of, uh, of Superman and everything, but it, to me, it just felt like it, it took him a little long to figure that out. Well, that's supposed to be John's thing, man. He's naive. That's one of his superpowers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when your dad's Superman, you kind of probably uh, give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> true. Yeah, he doesn't seem too bad. I mean, hey. Yeah, and you also have to remember that John comes from a world where he could never imagine his dad doing it. So... Getting over the fact that it's not his dad is one of the things that's definitely a challenge for him. Yeah, but he also had a a encounter with a guy that looked just like his father, and he trapped him on a volcano. So that you know that could that should make you a little bit more uh, suspicious, if you will, of hey. uh, uh, guys that look like your father. Yeah, my not your father. Evil Superman. You know, you think just there's only going to be one. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, did, I did enjoy the Flash running up. He was like, hey, uh, I usually don't press the issue, but are we going to get an explanation for this kid? <laughs> All right, guys. I think the, Oh, one thing I definitely want to touch on is uh, 
uh, John going to this world and da- this Damien definitely not being his Damien. Uh, oh, I yeah. thought that that was a nice thing that uh, Tom Taylor set up in the book as well. Um, uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out and rather uh, John's able to break through the Damien because in the whole Injustice universe, I, I thought Damien was one of the most far gone, uh, especially in the first first chapter of it. So, like like Berger said, I hope I hope uh, John being there will be, you know, like a force for good, and he can turn things around even for that universe. You know, I think I hope that uh, that that will uh, turn out that way. All right, guys, we're gonna keep moving here. Um, we're gonna talk about Lazarus Planet for one final time. Um, I have pretty much talked Lazarus Planet to death, so I'm going to open it up to whoever wants to have final say on this. Final say, wow. Um, I don't know. I thought it was, I mean, it started out interesting enough, the the Lazarus book, but I'm not a huge fan of how it ended. Um, I mean, even the fight with with Wonder Woman and and Hera, uh, it was a little bit short for my liking um i th- i think i i the only thing i did like was uh that uh, uh one woman got her powers from uh from from mary shazam and then later on the the, the goddesses at the end they they gave mary her own uh abbreviation of the of the word shazam and they they each have a, each of the goddesses had their 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 name connected to the to the new Shazam word. So so Billy has a different Shazam than Mary does. They they, they get their powers from different uh, gods or goddesses. I thought that was pretty interesting. What I didn't really like was uh, you know it started with the the wizard uh, betraying uh, or well felt like he was betrayed by by the kids you know by Billy and the other Shazam uh, characters and he, he took away the powers. And then uh, he uh, went uh, to the side of the, the of the goddesses of Hera and uh, and the, yeah, the other in, in gods. That, in that battle, he actually comes to assist Hera at the end, and then yeah, and, and then all of a sudden at the end, he's like, okay, she's defeated, and you know, I, I, you you you're, you guys are worthy after all, and, and I'm going to give your powers back. Yeah, he, that, 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 he was he was a big flip flopper. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Hera lost? Oh, well, hey, kids, uh, what's going on? Uh, yeah. you, you know what? You guys are worthy again. Uh, hey, let's, exactly. let's, let's say Shazam. So um, <laughs> Hippolyta shows up. She's like, whoa, hold on, wizard. I'm going to give her Mary Marvel. And they start calling her Mary Marvel again in this issue, correct? Yep. Yes. Yes. And uh, also going on in the side that uh, Nubia and Hippolyta defeat Hades. That's one of the big wrap-ups. And Nubia becomes the new queen of the Amazons, where Hippolyta has ascended to be one of the goddesses. All right, I know I said I was done talking about Lazarus Planet, but I, I have something I need to chime in on. One of the things about Lazarus Planet, and it's not just Lazarus Planet, it's also dating back to like Heroes in Crisis. And it's got me a little concerned about the upcoming Night Terrors miniseries. Is DC has been doing a lot of these events that aren't really events, uh, that they are solid ideas that can definitely be done in self contained ways or semi-self-contained ways instead of taking over the line. I just haven't been satisfied with them. I think that the um, 
Robin Deathstroke Shadow War was another one that was like this. Um, so that's one thing that I, I, I'm just a little bit concerned about some of the uh, ways they've been making decisions about what's in, what's an event. Yeah, that they could uh, they could make it a little bit more self-contained and have it, you know, uh, not spread out to all the other books as much. Berger, did you have any final thoughts on uh, either the War of the Gods or Clash of the Gods or um, what it was called or Lazarus playing as a whole? Yeah, I mean, you guys did a great job with it. And I would just say, you know, me for Lazarus Planet, if I had to sum it up in one word, it would just be meh. Like, it was, it was, uh, it was okay. You know, I think some, some kind of cool books came out of it. Um, You know, I know we're going to talk about it. You know, I I really enjoyed Spirit World. um, And you saw, you know, that come out of one of the, one of the books of Lazarus Planet. Um, you know, I like the fact that, you know, it was whenever it first started really introducing, you know, John's new powers, um, you see a few new heroes popping up. So, so I like some of it, but you know, yeah, as a, as a whole, um, yeah, I, I don't like, I, I, well, just, I guess I see well, like why they did it, but. Well, just like any, uh, big event, they use it as a, um, jumping on point for explaining new powers, uh, new characters, and it's really just a plot device to do that. And we definitely see that here. All right. So we've said enough about Lazarus Planet. Um, Moving on into what's coming out of Lazarus Planet. Um, Berger, you said you really enjoyed Spirit World. Go Go ahead and hit us with your thoughts. Oh yeah. So uh, one, I absolutely love the uh, the artwork in it. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys all read it as well, right? Yeah. Uh, so who's it? Sebastian Chang. Like I love the the artwork in it. Kind of looks a little bit um, like anime feel, but yeah, I love the colors. I yeah, I love. Um, I, I love all that. I, I like how it's really action. Like, it's just like, go, go, go the entire time. Um, and, and I know we're not going to talk a lot about Superman loss that I do like, but you know, as, as converse to like that storyline where it's like every single book is, you know, half of it is like rehashing how he got to where he is, uh, which is lost. Um, but this is, it's all just, Hey, here's, here's my mission. Here's what I'm trying to do, you know, and, and it's not often that you kind of see Constantine kind of pop in as like the sidekick. Um, but you know, essentially you have somebody that, you know, helps kind of keep the spirit world and the human world, uh, you know, apart. Um, a lot of this kind of go, I, I think it kind of pulls from, um, Asian, uh, descent where it's like, Hey, you know, when you die, you go to this world, you know, it's just separate. It's just a continuation uh, of your life. Um, and then in there, like it's pulling, uh, some, some different aspects in like, you know, like everything they use there to make all of their products and, um, clothes, food, everything is from paper being burned. Um, and then it even kind of nods at like, oh yeah, like, you know, we're just holding our houses together, uh, with burned currencies because people burn money and, um, and you know, it's, it's worthless here. So we just use it just to kind of patch holes and, um, all that. But I, I, I love how, you know, coming together with Constantine, uh, very much like, Hey, how do I get back to the spirit world? 
Um, there's all these kind of like evil monsters that, you know, are coming through like these gates um, that are feeding on souls, right? And like, there's, I, I forgot what they called them, but there's these like massive monsters that, that, that you're having to fight. And then the thing that I thought was pretty cool, it kind of flips over um, and it shows, um, who's it? Is, is that Cassandra? Yeah, it's Cassandra. Yeah. yeah. And so it has Cassandra on the other side of Spirit World because she got pulled in during one of the Lazarus planet uh, things. And so, you know, on, in the in the spirit world, like they smell human and they're like, hey, we want to feed on that life force. Um, and so like, you know, she it's like, hey, how'd you get here? I was pulled in um, by this big monster. Oh, what happened to it? How would you get away from it? Oh, I killed it. Um, and so, you know, it shows, you know, just how talented she is. Um, and then, you know, she's taken in, you know, by by some people there that help hide her you know, give her some, uh, some new clothes to help and, and have her drink some tea that kind of hides her life aura. Uh, so she won't just be hunted constantly. And then it kind of leads into, you know, a big bad kind of popping up, um, where she's hiding out, um, at the same time as Constantine and uh, I forgot the character's name, but the main character are, are trying to get, trying to get over there. So, um, but it's a really cool he, book. I don't think he or she has a name. Yeah. Uh, no, her name is Exanthe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Yep. And so, but I, but I really like it. I'm, I've, I, I kind of downloaded it. Just I was like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of liked it. I want to check it out. But this is definitely one that I'm, I'm going to keep reading. But yeah, I love it. Just it seems like action almost every page. It's progressing the story for in a fun, it's forward in a fun way. Um, yeah, I really, really like this this book. I just wanted to add that you know it, it could be interesting with uh, Cassandra Kane being in the uh, in the spirit world because you know uh, Cassandra Kane was you know trained by her father to be a living weapon. She didn't speak for uh, the better part of her life, and you know she she reads uh, body language, and uh, you know I think it's kind of cool that uh, with her in the spirit world it may you know put her a little bit out of her element, and you know hopefully we'll get to see how she she will deal with that. You know because. In the land of the living, she's basically uh, unstoppable. You know, even Batman might uh, uh, struggle with her. You know, if 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 it uh, if it came to that. Uh, but now you 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 put her a little bit out of her element, and uh, you know, I wonder how that will how that will resolve. Um, you absolutely nailed the entire issue here. Um, so I'm just going to yeah. bring up two things that uh, are nitpicky, but I'm going to nitpick a little bit. Um, one of the things I don't like is. Uh, they made John, John Constantine have brown hair, classically a blonde. He, blonde he, did, he also didn't use any of his usual one-liners or... He's a sidekick. He, he definitely... Well, he, he felt a little bit off, uh, not only in appearance, but also in behavior to an extent. Um, and then the other thing that I'm going to point out, uh, and they might fix it later on in the series, but um, he doesn't have a superhero in it. You know, the book's called Spirit World, but the main character does not have a identity. So that's probably the only only two things that I can really point out that I didn't really uh, care for about the book. But uh, I agree with Berger. I like the book. I'm excited to see where it's going. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about is um, the ending of the book. What was your guys' takeaway from that uh, with her mom showing up? Has she been dead? Has her mom been dead? And figured out a way to come back. 
or going to be some kind of evil spirit that's trying to trick her. What are you guys' thoughts? I feel like she's been dead and she's from the spirit world now. And that's why her mom was surprised. But I, I didn't read it and it could be totally wrong. I didn't read it like her mom was trying to distract her from it. But I guess it is always possible. Yeah, I feel I feel like, and I also I could be wrong here. You know, she she rescued this small child at the at the start of the book, and that made me think that at first I thought it was her or him, whatever. Um, so I I think uh, she may have died when she was uh, very young because of that reference at the at the start of the book. But yeah, then then, then you would then it would make you wonder how the the mother would recognize her when she's a little bit more grown up. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. For sure. Did you any thoughts? I'm, I I like the issue. It was a good start. Uh, new character, you know, fast paced. Um, it, it's good. I'm going to say they're going to go non-traditional capes, you know, type storytelling here. So it'll be something different, I guess, anytime they need to do something in the spiritual realm, you know, they will go through Exanthe here. But I mean, you guys wrapped it up. Uh, it's a good book. And yeah, I'm definitely interested in issue number two. Um, I believe out of all of us, and I may be mixing you guys up, but I think, Digi, you enjoyed Green Arrow 1 quite a bit, did you not? I definitely, oh, yeah, definitely. did. I'm a big, you know, Green Arrow fan. Uh, the issue starts with Ollie, you know, it looks like he's washing up on the island again, and then it pans out, and you see he's he's in an alien space. Like, it's definitely foreign to him. Uh, we, then we get into, you know, it pans back to the Green Arrow family. We get Roy and Connor Hawk, which I, I don't Usually, uh, I don't remember ever seeing them interact before, but I mean, I could be wrong on that. But it was good to see, you know, Green Arrow or Roy, Arsenal, Black Canary, and then uh, Leon shows up, who is also a Cheshire Cat, and her other uh, alias is Shoes. And, uh, you know, I just like the introduction of the whole family. You know, I, I've been enjoying the family books here recently in DC, you know, Superman's got his whole family along with the Bat family, the Flash family. So it looks like the direction the books seem to be going in right now. Yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. You know, I, uh, again, like, you know, I, I, I like that, like the whole thing was kind of tying, you know, what's going to be happening going forward together. Like, it kind of referenced a little bit of, you know, Dark Crisis, but didn't you go into too much detail on it. And, you know, it just shows, you know, Green Arrow, you know, he knows he has some ways out, but he knows that he has to be there to um, stop what I'm sure will, it will build up into, you know, being, you know, like a big bad. But, um, you know, it's very much kind of reads like, hey, I'm um, underground, you know, kind of you know, guerrilla fighter here, um, you know, trying to, trying to stop what's going down. So I, I really, really enjoyed the books as well. Uh, well, we, we also see at one point, uh, Connor get, uh, Connor Hawk gets teleported away. Leon gets 
teleported away just to be discovered that she was teleported where Ollie currently is. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on with that. And uh, Ollie definitely has something up his sleeve. Yeah. Um, you guys nailed the recap here. Uh, so I just want to bring uh, a couple of highlights that I really enjoyed. Uh, I loved the recap page of Ollie's whole life. Uh, the big splash page where it shows him becoming Green Arrow, his time on the island, shows him going against Merlin, and it gives you a little bit of Longbow Hunters in it, uh, then joining the Justice League, and then his death at the hands of Doomsday. Really, really like any time you get a big splash piece like that. I also really liked the Roy Harper and Connor Hawk side-by-side uh, page. Um, I really kind of like the... Uh, idea of those two as both of Ollie's sons that, you know, they don't necessarily have the relationship of being Ollie's sons, but Ollie looks at them both as his sons, one obviously being his child, but um, different different things there for sure. And then, I mean, obviously, the I love the reunion of Roy and uh, Leon, uh, especially with the uh, background of her as a kid. So lots of really good art in this book. Um, I'm not super pumped for what they're doing with Ollie in the background, but we'll see how that backstory develops. But I'm sure he has some reason for destroying the that transporter teleporter device. You know, Liam seems upset with him, but and he's like, "We're never going back to that world." So I, I'm sure there's an explanation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to develop some. I, I just. It's like you guys are talking about how they're building up all the families in DC, and um, damn it, I really want Ollie to have his and his to be together and just tell us great stories with them all together, um, which I think we'll get to eventually. But uh, we're, we're just gonna have a little bit of a little bit of a trip to get there. Um, you know, this is one of the things that DC is really reminding me of right now as a whole is right after Infinite Crisis. There was just so much connective tissue in all the books. It really felt like a cohesive universe. And that's one thing I don't feel like we've had in quite some time with DC. So that, that that's something I'm really, really happy with. And I really hope that they uh, continue on that path. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for Burger, Boomstam, Digidex, and myself. Um, we will be back with a part two for you guys, trying to slim these episodes down get into some lean, mean fighting shape. We'll see you for part two. Bye.